Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to do just a little bit of an exercise. Whatever you're doing right now, take just a moment, whether you're sitting or standing, take the time to get as tall and proud as you can get. So if you're sitting, sit tall, try to get the uh, top of your head to touch the sky. Okay, tallest, proudest posture you can muster up. Now take a deep breath in. Inhale, and then exhale. So we're going to take another deep breath in. Go ahead and take that breath and notice something. Is your belly filling with air? Are you expanding your waistband? Do you feel it pushing into your back or the back of your seat? Or are you taking a breath shallow into your, into your ribs? Do you see your chest rising up and your shoulders clenching up next to your ears? And these are a couple things that I want you to keep in mind as we go forward here um, with this episode of the Fit Life Formula podcast and see if the things that we're talking about, about uh, appropriate breathing, might apply to you. Um, you might have an opportunity to sort of check in, maybe make some corrections, maybe be just a little bit more mindful about how you're breathing and just see how that affects your mood, how it affects your levels of stress, how it affects your posture, your tightness, um, your, your energy. Uh, so there's just a ton here. And just with that one little exercise, I bet we can notice some things that you could improve upon. So as you're listening to today's episode, uh, tune into that and see what areas you might be able to improve the most. Let's get going with this episode. Hey, welcome to episode 17 of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippitz. I'm the CEO and founder of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Fit Life Formula podcast is for you if you are looking to stay active, stay healthy, and continue doing the things that you love to do. Uh, your entire life. So for me, I'm a, I'm a lifetime uh, athlete, I guess you could say former athlete, but I still like to pursue active things. And I want to make sure that I put myself in the best position to, to pursue those things, to be injury free, to move well, to feel great, to have the energy to do those things. And so the Fit Life Formula is dedicated uh, not only to the members of Advantage Strength, uh, but also to anybody who's who's up for that, who wants to be active the rest of their life so that they can move with their family and friends, take active vacations, uh, and, and live with lots of vibrance all the way until their later years. On today's show, we're going to be talking about breathing, and I'm going to be talking for just a few minutes here, but then um, I'm going to actually steal a little bit of my, uh, so quick backstory on this. The podcast thing is not new to me, even though we're 17 episodes in here. Uh, the podcast thing is not new to me. I have uh, run a podcast called the Hockey Strength and Conditioning Podcast um, for the last, oh, three, four years or so. Um, we're about 78, um, maybe 80 episodes in there. So I'm going to steal a little bit of a conversation that I had with a guy by the name of Scotty Livingston, who is a reconditioning coach uh, out of Montreal. And in this episode, we're going to be talking a lot. You'll hear, you'll hear us and Scotty talking a lot about uh, hockey players and sort of the, the things that tend to afflict hockey players. But anything that he's talking about, just the, the take-home message is there for you too, right? So you don't have to be a hockey player to uh, take home some information from this. What he's talking about, the, the neutral position, the canister position of the rib cage and the pelvis and things lining up, um, he's talking about it with the lens of a hockey player in mind. But as you listen, think about that for yourself. Think about what it means for you. Think about your current posture, how it might be affecting your breathing. Um, and so that's how we're going to go forward with this episode. There's a lot of great information from Scotty there. Um, 
But as we get going here, before we get to that uh, little bit of an interview, I'm going to mention a few things uh, just to kind of give you the quick background on breathing. You know, it's always kind of a joke in here that uh, the, the experts have said breathing is important and that we have, we have no members that are not breathing, right? So everyone in here is breathing right now, which is fantastic. And um, it turns out there's a lot more to it than that. And we'll get going with that in our conversation with Scotty. But first, uh, just a picture a little bit of what we're talking about here. So to, to picture the anatomy of the diaphragm and the, the breathing muscles, um, picture a, a standard funnel, right? So wide at the top, kind of a cone shape, and then it has the stem out the bottom. Now, what if you took a balloon and you stretched it over the top of that funnel, right? So that it's tight like a drum. Um, take that whole thing, right? You've got a funnel, you're holding it in your hand. There's a rubber balloon stretched over the top, so it's nice and tight. Take that whole thing, turn it upside down, and that's kind of what your, your trachea or, you know, your windpipe going into your, into your rib cage looks like, right? So you've got the, the skinny part at the top, that's where you draw in all the air, and then the wider part at the bottom. So that rubber film, that rubber covering on the bottom could be like our diaphragm. So if you're, if, uh, it just helps to visualize kind of what the diaphragm actually is. Now, the diaphragm is not actually tight across the bottom of the rib cage. It's a, it's a dome shape. So the dome arches up towards your head and back down. So you think like there's kind of a big hollow cavern in there. Um, and when you breathe, it's as though that dome is shrinking or pulling down towards the floor to become flat. So if you were to take that uh, balloon or that rubber that's stretched across the now bottom of the funnel, you're going to pull that down and it's going to draw air in through the top. And then as you let it go, it's going to, you know, push air out the top. So if you were to pull that down and then let it go, that would be like, you know, similar to a sneeze where it forces air out the top of the funnel. So keep that in mind as we go forward here. It's a lot easier to visualize uh, the diaphragm than it is to sort of uh, think about the rib cages expanding and, and things like that. And some of the, the key points about breathing that I want to touch on that were not uh, touched on in my interview with Scotty Livingston was, uh, or is that breathing has a lot to do with not only your posture, but also uh, your mood, your energy, uh, and lots and lots and lots of other factors. Um, you know, and turns out if you are breathing incorrectly, you can be leading into or feeding into a lot of different problems. So let's talk a little bit about um, the autonomic nervous system, which is sort of, you, you have two sort of uh, stages, or I guess two states of being. We've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which is kind of your rest and relax. That's when you're chilling out, when you're digesting food, all that kind of stuff. And your sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. It's what turns on when you're running away from a lion or um, when you are about to get pulled over by a cop or you are, um, you know, you get pushed in a bar or something like that. Okay, that's, that's uh, what turns on at that point. And that's sort of our stress response. The, um, the, the chest breath that you may have taken, so the, the breath that you took in that expanded your chest and brought your shoulders up next to your ear, that can actually cue a stress response. So if you are trying to chill out, if you're trying to say, you know what, I'm just going to take a breath, I've got to relax here, 
if you're taking an incorrect breath, if you're taking a breath that brings your shoulders up, that expands your chest, it's a shallow breath, you may actually be feeding into a stress response, even though you're trying to cool down or, or calm down. So one important thing to know about breathing is, is you know, the longer, slower draw down into your belly, um, and as we'll hear from the Scotty Livingston interview, um, sort of not just pushing out to the front of your belly, but also pushing into the, into the back, feeling it you know, out next to your spine. All of those, uh, or that's going to be a breath that will help you get into that parasympathetic, that will help you uh, relax, that will help you rest and digest. So that's one thing to know is that maybe your breath, and, and you might have experienced this at the very beginning there when I asked you to take a deep breath um, at the beginning of the episode, you may have experienced that. You may have seen your shoulders draw up. Um, but really what we want is to pull things down, pull things down into your belly, not only into your belly, but also expanding your sides and your back. Along with that stress response can also come some postural stuff um, where, you know, people with tightness in their, in their traps, like in their uh, muscles that lift their shoulders up towards the ear, people with tightness there or consistent, uh, consistent neck pain might actually have, you know, some breathing dysfunction or maybe even um, like a hunched posture. You know, when you, when you do that long enough, you make it really difficult to get yourself into a position where you can take a really good breath. And I'll let Scotty touch on that. Um, but keep in mind that breathing isn't just a, a fact of life. It's something that, that's going to affect your posture, your energy, your, your mood, um, and your ability to, to relax. So those are the couple things that I wanted to touch on before we get to an interview with, with Scotty Livingston. Um, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, duck into sort of, uh, it's actually episode 59 of the hockey strength podcast. Um, and so I stole a little bit of our conversation there. And so check out this interview with, uh, Scotty Livingston and I'll check back in with you at the end here. So here we go. Uh, this is, uh, young Brian Sippet circa two years ago. Uh, and Scotty Livingston, and we're going to be talking about breathing. So I wanted to um, touch a little bit on your presentation from from Perform Better in Chicago, and um, uh, this is probably like a tiny, the tiniest, tiniest bit of what you actually do. But um, you were talking about breathing, and you know how it affects function, how it affects performance. Um, and I just found, I found it really interesting. I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of information out there about mechanics and things like that, but it's amazing how much breathing really affects from posture to performance. Um, so I guess I'm not even sure where you would want to start with it because it is such a huge, huge topic, but talk a little bit about what your presentation was about and the points that you wanted to get across. Well, I would say it's funny um, and I don't mean this derogatorily in any way, shape, or form, but it's funny that you would say it's amazing that it has that much of an effect because I think most people would react that way or react that way. But I think it's amazing that we don't think it has that much of an effect. I mean, fundamentally, if we stop breathing, we die. <laughs> so it's fundamentally the most important thing that we do to stay alive on this earth every day. It's what uh, provides our body the necessary fuel for us to function. If we are low on O2, a lot of things start going on in our body that is not a very good situation. That and water and then general nutrition are the three most important things 
that we provide to our body on a daily basis in order for us to function on this earth. And it's and it's funny how we tend to pay them limited to no mind. Um, there's been a lot of energy, I think, in the last number of years put more into nutrition, but also a lot of um, miscommunication around it and misunderstanding around it. And I'm not truthfully sure we'll ever really completely understand nutrition because at the end of the day, nutrition is very much a um, individual, individually dependent reality. Each body manages and manifests differently the nutritional substrates that go in our body. But at the end of the day, every human being needs oxygen. Every human being manages and deals with oxygen to be able to function on a daily basis. So getting that oxygen into your body is paramount. And then when you look at how breathing affects our parasympathetic system and our sympathetic system and how we can up ratchet and down ratchet just based on using our our you know respiration rate we can ratchet up through breathing mechanisms and we can ratchet down through breathing mechanisms so we can impact our state of energy our state of mind simply by how we breathe so I think it's an extremely important thing. And as I've gone into more and more of the therapy side of stuff, I see the links to how it sets our body up and how we function uh, more and more. So you know, uh, that's kind of my viewpoint on it. Yeah, and I guess you know, before I wouldn't, I wouldn't mean to say like it's shocking that it ta- that it does that much, but I think people usually stop at yes or no are you breathing yes good let's move on yeah you know (laughs) exactly so um you're alive yeah okay (laughs) yeah um so but but what you're saying is something that you mentioned in your presentation was that you know it's poor movement or you know does poor movement or or poor habits lead to the poor breathing patterns breathing patterns or do, do poor breathing patterns lead to that you know postural the postural issues and things like that touch on that a little bit and how maybe how you've helped somebody in the past who has come in with, you know, one or the other and then kind of opening them up and. Yeah. Well, um, again, they're kind of chicken and egg related. I mean, if, if your posture is not good, if you think of your trunk as a can and if that can, it has a, has a nice flat top and a flat bottom that can has all of its available space in order to intake um, fluid in the same way that your respiratory system has all of its available capacity to intake uh, oxygen. As soon as it's bent or dented or changed in terms of structure, that fluid capacity in the can is reduced. It's the same thing with your body. So your posture changes that, uh, that actual capacity. Um, it also tends to infer a certain amount of restriction. So if I'm really flexed or I'm really extended, my muscles don't necessarily work as efficiently as they would be if they were more at a neutral sort of state of of affairs. So lengthened muscles or shortened muscles don't function as well as muscles that are in their mid-range, and that's where we get our greatest force production. So when we get our system stacked properly from a postural perspective, the respiratory system, the diaphragm, the muscles in the rib cage, all work much more efficiently and effectively to actually produce respiration. So 
the posture side of things affects the quality of respiration. On the other side, if we have poor respiration, then that can change muscle dynamics. It can change and create more stiffness in tissue um, because we're not getting enough O2 into the muscle. So the actual quality of the muscle tissue diminishes, and so therefore the quality of the inspiration and respiration diminishes. So by actually just changing our respiration, we actually change the physiology of our body quite dramatically, and that's what we're really looking for. And then, you know, there's some things that you aren't necessarily proven in the literature uh, yet by, through study, but ultimately what, what I have seen professionally is as you improve breathing, because it is so um, interconnected with posture and function, the better we have posture, the better we have breathing, the more freely things start to move. So we have more, mo we, have, we can Im impact mobility, we can impact stability and strength more effectively when we have a good center point from which we're working and our trunk is our center point people like to call it the core or what have you but really it is the trunk and the trunk is is kind of the center point for the connectivity between our upper limb and our lower limb and all the other things that we do so if our respiration we sort of treat it as our center point and we start there and make sure that's good quality then we're starting with a good footing um, it's kind of like if you're going to start to climb up a wall, you don't start necessarily um, by putting all your body on the, on, the, on the wall. You start to make sure your ropes are strong and set. If the ropes are str not strong and set, not going to be a great climb. So we want the breathing to be strong and set. That's great. So, you know, I, I imagine that in Montreal there and given your background, you're seeing a lot of hockey players. What do we see? Um, you know, are there any common themes, common threads that run through the hockey community that's different maybe from other athletics? Well, hockey players in general tend to uptake what we sort of call a, I mean, it's a generalization. It's not necessarily true of all, of all For athletes, sure. but um, sure. <clears throat> they'll uptake what, what we kind of commonly refer to as a scissor posture, which is that the rib cage becomes a little bit forward uh, and extended and the pelvis becomes a little bit anteriorly dumped. So if you think about looking at somebody, the front of their body is is sort of not in a in a in a belly forward position, but we've got sort of this lengthened tissue at the front and this tightened tissue in the back and the rectus spinae group and the muscles of the back. And so we don't have that can that has um, even sides. We have a can that has a lengthened side and a shortened side. To some degree, there's an efficiency associated with that in the sense that if the pelvis is forward our glutes function a little bit more powerfully we can produce a great skating stride we can be a little bit more erect in our posture from the perspective of managing the puck and so we get into that posture because that may be a little bit more effective for you know what we do on the ice so the big problem is not so much the posture that the athlete holds in the ice the big problem is that can they get out of that posture do they have the available quality to be able to get into that canned position. And it's always a problem when we can't create that availability or we don't have it if we're stuck there. If we're stuck there, then we're limited. When we're limited, we have no choice. So the whole idea of, of the concept of reconditioning or working on breathing or working on these things is 
can we create the availability? Can the athlete or person get into that position? Does that availability exist? Yes, good, thumbs up. If they get on the ice and they're back into a bit of a scissor posture because that, that's what they need to play the game, fine. But we don't want them stuck there. That's the key. And so then, again, obviously this is a, this is a huge generalization, and I'm sure there's a lot of practices that go, go along with this, but what are some common things that you might do uh, in order to see if somebody has that range for one and sort of try to create it for two? Um, well, first of all, I look at posture. And uh, as you saw in the workshop, we did sort of a quick uh, uptake on that and what, how the person is in a standing posture. But, you know, standing posture can be sometimes a little bit um, deceiving. You know, standing is not what we always do in a hockey player they're going to be in a position to skate on skates, etc. So we're going to look at their posture when they're on their hockey skates in their, in their skating position. So I want to look at posture dynamically. How does it affect it when the person changes or moves? And then I also want to look at how they breathe. So we're going to look qualitatively at, at how they breathe in different positions, lying, seated, standing in their hockey position, etc. And how does that change? So, as an example, you might have somebody who lying on the table breathes very effectively, but when they stand up and get into their hockey position, they don't breathe effectively. And so that is a problem because when do they need to be breathing effectively? <laughs> when their respiratory rate has to increase because physiological demand increases. So, you know, you want to make sure that they, they have an efficient, efficient and effective breathing capability when they're when they're going to really need it especially. So um, I look at it in a whole bunch of different ways. And then if it's not working, we sit down and figure figure out the process that we're going to go through, whether that's going back to the basics or whether that's working, you know, if they've got the basics but they don't do it well in the in the in the strategic position, then we we have to connect the awareness. So ultimately, a lot of times people don't aren't aware of where they are. You give them some awareness, they connect with that awareness. And you give them some work to work on connecting with it, and all of a sudden, once they become connected to it, then they can find it and be in it when they need to be. And then it's all about that availability. So let's talk about you know just to just to wrap up here, um, let's talk about what coaches um, or or people that work with hockey players or really anybody, what should we would what should we be looking for in terms of of a breath? I mean, I think if you told a room full of people to take a big, deep breath, you'd probably see some things that you didn't really want to see in a, in a breath. Um, so talk a little bit what what a ideal breath looks like and how we should be trying to um, get that with our athletes. Well, again, so that I don't confuse people too much, we want to um, establish uh, a to start from. So, you know, what is what is their posture look like and can they get into the uh, a better posture in order to produce quality breath they can't get into that posture in other words we've got this scissor positioned person and to try to get them to just calm down and set up is almost impossible then you know that's that's going to be problem solving one if if i'm looking at just the breath alone and what i want to see i'd like to be seeing a connection between the rib cage and the abdominal wall i'd like to see them sort of happening at the same time some people are purely abdominal breathers some are purely rib breathers um ultimately we we 
we in shallow or normal breathing it tends to be predominant or should be more predominantly abdominal but the the rib cage shouldn't be completely shut down and rigid so there should be sort of an an acquisition from both parts um, a sort of a connectivity between both parts oftentimes you'll see a disconnect ribs will be doing one thing and abdominal wall be doing something else and then we want to see a 360 degree uh, observation of breath meaning that the breath comes into the back front sides at the same time versus it all comes out through the tummy at the front or it all comes out through the rib cage at the front which is what we often see or somebody was who has real respiratory problems uh, you're going to start to see the neck get involved uh you know in and we see that with with more in an older population of people who have you know certain respiratory issues because of of smoking or what have you but uh that's what i want to see is Nice 360 quality connection between the ribs and abdominal wall and a relatively good postural setup. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, as the scissor guy, I, I have, I am the scissor guy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like I lay down on the floor and, and unless I'm actively working on it, you can, you know, fit a couple matchbox cars under my low back, drive them right through. So, um, yeah, and I find that if I do get into that, you know, get out of that scissor posture where my, I, you know, bring my pelvis back into alignment and lower my ribs a little bit. I notice that if I take a deep breath, especially a belly breath, I find that like my scalings light right up. Like, so right up in here, I get like a pulling and a tugging. So I know I'm not there, um, in terms of, in terms of that, but it is, it's, it's difficult. It's hard to get out of the position that you're in. Um, you know, in the 360 breath, doesn't happen for me at all. I'm a total, mm-hmm. total belly breather, um, and I have a lot of trouble getting it into my back. So um, I'm there with you for sure. Um, but yeah, and and then it's just about you know maybe bringing some awareness to that and and yeah, and ultimately it's about you know in any in any growth and development process, it's about process, not perfection. We're I'm not looking for somebody to be the perfect breather day one. Or even a day 50. The the goal is really can we can we improve it over time, and can we get off? Uh, I like to describe to people when I'm talking to clients that we tend to walk around in, in life a little bit like when we learned how to drive a car. We learned how to drive when we were told that we needed to keep a certain number of car lengths between us and the car in front of us. And what happens over time because of injuries, posture. Uh, different kinds of things, stresses, et cetera, in our life, we start driving with the bumper of our car and the bumper of the car in front of us. And so then when something happens, we have no buffer. And that's when we get into injury, we get into sickness, et cetera. So what we're trying to do by breathing more qualitatively, not perfectly, but more qualitatively, is gain car lengths. So this is never really about you looking at the person you're working with and saying you have to be the perfect breather. But if, if, for example, you can be maybe a few degrees less in extension, maybe a little bit more into the abdominal wall, maybe a little bit more aware of your breathing. You're now, instead of driving on the car in front of you's bumper, you're two car lengths away. You might not get five or six car lengths. We don't need perfect. What we need is better. All right, Fit Life Formula listeners, I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Scotty Livingston in uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, lots of cool things to say about breathing. Uh, some of it might have been a little bit too uh, strength coachy or um, fitness professionally, but I think the biggest take-homes are, you know, for us to really try to to 
find that canister position, that position where your pelvic floor or your pelvis is in line with your rib cage and, and both are stacked on top of each other nice and strong. Um, if you have any questions about what the scissor posture is, just come on in and I will show you um, because, you know, you can find it on a lot of hockey players like we were talking about. It's uh, the butt stuck. It's the bit butt sticking out and chest sticking out posture. Um, so that makes it hard to to breathe correctly. Muscles start to tighten up, and then those positions tend to exacerbate themselves. So use this as a little bit of a guide. Use this as an opportunity to check in with your own breathing and make sure that if you're taking a moment, you know maybe you are a uh, beginning or even experienced meditator. Make sure that we've got that nice stacked posture. Um, where your, your midsection is like a canister, nice and strong, everything stacked on top of each other. And then picture the, the funnel example where we're really drawing down the diaphragm, pulling down the diaphragm, taking a nice deep breath down as deep as you can get it. Um, and, you know, using that nice full breath to help you not only relax, but also um, to help you perform when you need to perform. And so that's going to apply here in the gym. That's going to apply when you're at work whatever it might be. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to follow the Fit Life Formula. That's three days of something you love to do, two days of strength training, and one workout that just sucks. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.